even though we posted during the day, it has to be tonight. Okay. <laughs> it has to be every time. Okay. Too bad if, if it's not tonight. Okay. Now it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think we can go into tonight. I think we still should have a cold did you, open. Did you, and then music and then tonight. Really? I don't know. I no, feel like I think it should it's be, be like, the tonight. <laughs> no, it should be before the music, but after the cold open. Like chatty, 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 dark, 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 lights coming up oh, tonight. Yeah, yeah kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tonight on Pot Psychology. You didn't yell it enough. Tonight! <laughs> Tonight on Pot Psychology. The movie's called Jagged, but the pill is Alanis. <laughs> Shaka Khan, but Kenji? Kenji? <laughs> <laughs> then we got a fun little segment about annoying songs. And Tracy goes to the circus. All this and more on Pot Psychology. <laughs> What's your favorite Alanis Morissette song? Head over feet. No, head over feet and hands clean is a. Well, how does head over feet go? I don't know what any of these songs are called. I, you ought to know is my favorite Alanis Morissette song. Okay, but that's my second favorite. Also, it's Alanis, and I keep saying Alanis, and I think I've always said Alanis. Yeah, and I noticed in this documentary they all say Alanis. One thing about you ought to know. Okay. And I don't, so are we talking about the can I, just talk, can I just say this before I forget it? Okay, yes. Okay. One thing about you ought to know that has stuck with me since I was in high school mm -hmm. and I can't not think about it mm -hmm. is because I didn't realize at the time like what a cross was to bear. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know that was like. That's so weird that you were raised Catholic and didn't uh, know no, that. No, so I guess because like. Just didn't make the connection? Yeah. Or, or didn't, I, maybe I never heard it. I don't know. But when she would say I mean, cross-eyed bear, I thought it was a cross-eyed cross bear. bear. Yeah. <laughs> cross-eyed bear that you gave to me. It's like he gave it like, you know how like there's like shitty bears at like the fair? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Giglio Feast has like the worst stuffed animals, but people like pay like $30 to win a game. In Wildwood, I saw a bed bug on a Hello Kitty, on a giant Hello That's Kitty. Disgusting. It was really disconcerting. That's disgusting. It was really fucked up. It's Wildwood for you. It's wild. <laughs> they got bugs. Okay, now we can say Alanis. No. Oh, Alanis. Al <laughs> Alanis. <laughs> it should be Alanis. That's how. Like, well, it's, well, should is not. Well, but how there did is they no say it should. On... There only is. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Prove me wrong. Okay, okay but you <laughs> think that things should be a certain way all the time. I, but I don't actually believe that. That's that's that's, you know, that's that is the worst of me speaking when I think that. Well, not I mean, well, not the worst, but you have, it's why, what's bad. worse? Well, I, it doesn't get that bad. I don't have violent impulses like at all. Oh, Quite I was going to say the thing I that like gentle and nice basically is my comfortable. aesthetic. The, comfortable. the thing about 
Katie Couric's book that I really related to was when she talked about how there are mothers that have intrusive thoughts and she would have that about her daughter. Mm -hmm. And I used to have that about Una. Wow. I would fantasize about punting her off of my terrace. <laughs> All right. Do you want to? You want to? I feel like people okay. relate to this. All right. I would never <laughs> do it. <laughs> well, no, because you're you're going. It's like it's so the hormones difficult. And then she's just fucking screaming, uh -huh. and that only makes it worse. Uh -huh. Like it's just like they actually in like um in a uh, Navy SEALs training, <laughs> they play audio tapes of babies crying to, at like loud volumes I see. constantly. You have to, like, get through it. Yeah, because like, it just like really fucks you up. Build you up. Yeah. So. Um, you know, so yes, I have had violent thoughts <laughs> toward my own kid. Well, I've never had violent thoughts to, toward your, toward your, or really any kid. I don't think it's not violent. The one time I got in a fist fight, it was like, okay, like uh, this is going to be over. So <laughs> go through the moat. Like, I'm like, I I'm not going to kill you. I don't want to kill you. I have a certain, I wasn't invested. I, it's like, I, it's like, you know, kind of like bad sex, I guess, kind of where you're, it's like, we're just not on the same <laughs> plane here. Like, 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 we're going to do this, but then I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing this again. Yeah. I'm just, my heart wasn't in it. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. I want to play, I want to see how they used to say it on, you can't do that on television because I was pretty sure it was Alanis. I absolutely loved, you can't do that on television. It was just like, ugh. I loved it too. It was like it was really like kind of like proto John Waters in a way. It, they would it's do like gross. Like, yeah, it was just like, like gross. Disgusting. Adults were always awful. Yeah, there was never a good adult. <laughs> Everyone was just like they're all kind ugly of like, and mean. Yeah, and everyone was all poor. The, all the kids were kind of like not particularly well dressed and kind of mumble mouth, <laughs> hissy. The fact of the matter is that Alanis is how you say you're her name. And yeah. if you were misled about that as well, maybe, but maybe you made it up. Maybe you want her name to be more cosmopolitan than it is because it's confusing as it is. And you just want it to be more confusing. That's, I think, what the impulse is, right? No, I just, it's Not in my head. It's, just hard. It's, it's nailed in that it's Alanis. It's just, that is the way it is. Well, you, okay. Well, then, you know what? You can call her that and she just has to deal with it. I thought, well, of uh, no, I'm gonna. Thing is, I'm gonna try to say Alanis. Okay. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna mess up. Oh, that's fine. You're allowed to mess up. This is a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, like, when it, she came out and people would talk about her in high school, they said a lot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. people just decided that that's how you had to say it. So what we're talking about is the documentary, Allison Kleiman's documentary, Jagged, which premiered on HBO Max. Recently. The reason why we, we watched this. Yeah, it's, was it's such bullshit. I feel like this, I feel like it had to have been part of the fucking marketing or something like that. No, I don't think so. What do you think? Because they would have done is? it closer to. That's they true. Done That's it a good, that is a good point. But it was, I mean, it was at Toronto. Yeah, so. but it wasn't, it wasn't out for people to see yet. And Alanis, like, Alanis freaked out what, what did she say we should have the right quote oh my god she was she pissed said that, she went oh. to she went to the premiere but she no she didn't go to the premiere she oh i thought that she, she went didn't, she refused to do anything oh. she issued a statement okay you want me to read this statement i agreed to participate in a piece about the celebration of jagged little pills 25th anniversary and was interviewed during a very vulnerable time while mm -hmm. in the midst of my third postpartum depression during lockdown mm -hmm. i was lulled into a false sense of security and their salacious agenda became apparent immediately upon my seeing the first cut of the film 
This is when I knew our visions were in fact painfully diverged. This was not the story I agreed to tell. I sit here now experiencing the full impact of having trusted someone who did not warrant being trusted. So do you have any idea what that's about? I think it's about the stuff where she was like, I was protecting people about being, you know, it was like statutory rape, basically. People who were sleeping because she was a child star and then she became a a pop star in her teens. Yeah. In Canada. Not here yet. And she you know, had relationships with older men. She never discusses it. She doesn't say who they are. Exactly. So if you say it on camera, they can't use what you don't give them. You know what I mean? Like you don't sit, I know exactly what you mean. That's exactly it. And you so don't sit in the interview chair and say that shit. But somebody talks and they're on me, the record. That means that like, that, that like how sounds... unseasoned is she that she would say something like that. And then the entire structure of the movie is dictated by her words. It seems I don't feel well, that no, there was the anything the band because kind she, of, she only like mentioned like one one thing about like their debauchery and stuff but they really talked about a lot about that yeah but you know i mean who knows i like, think what she was probably was pissed about that that's what i think i well, think she, she was pissed that that was involved too that that was in it why though i mean she because she didn't she didn't agree with what they were doing anyway yeah. and then she's just being precious listen what yeah. i what i learned from watching this is that she's a child star weirdo yeah. who is really like self-involved. Well, but to the extent that I think that she doesn't even have an objective perspective on this documentary. Mm-hmm. And so that I, I still like, I, I know like, like the logic is so convoluted to me that it's hard for me to even like, she's trying to like frame it as like a mental illness thing. She didn't know what she was saying or like she, and just, she shouldn't have trusted them, but it's like, you don't sit in an interview chair. Yeah. Why would you do that? In front of a camera while you're mic'd and say shit. Like you, you just don't. Although to me, that also kind of speaks to like, maybe Allison came is just a fucking good interviewer. Two days. It was only two days. She did two days of interviews. Allison came and said, but also I don't think that she came across well in this documentary and i think that that's what she's responding to too her name the director's name is allison clayman clayman k-l-a-y-m-a-n so you liked it i did not like it i thought it i was, didn't like it i thought it was dull no i didn't and, like it but i and, do but i did it was definitely different than i thought it was going to be hmm. i came away not liking her hmm. like liking her a lot less I than mean, I, I did before i never liked her very much i never was like I mean, she has some, she can write an earworm. Sure. But, but basically just on that one album, which like, I couldn't even believe the way at the end they made it seem like her legacy is like so pronounced. What's interesting about her story is it was like a match, like just, you know, a huge, huge flare and then out Mm -hmm. next album. So, so. But she tried to make it seem like that was on purpose. Oh my God. They were like. Oh, yeah. She tried to make it seem like that was on purpose. And also the documentary, which I felt like was totally in her service, her ego service was like, you know, that that um, former Rolling Stone journalist is like, oh, her next two albums debuted at number one, which is like zero percent. Like it's like one percent of the story of an album. Yeah. Debut at number one and in two months be off the chart and you didn't sell shit, which supposed supposed former infatuation junkie, in fact, did not didn't even make it to three million in the U.S. Okay. Yeah, and Jagged Little Pill did like 13 million or something in the US. I thought it was 29 million. Mm, worldwide, I think it's 33. Okay. Something like that. Wow. So it just, and it keeps continuing to sell, it seems like. It does, but I but I also feel like, I mean, Alanis, Alanis, I say, I'll say Alanis too, Alanis, um, you know, I was paying very close attention to women mm-hmm. alternative artists. And yeah. Alanis was yeah. always the 
wackest. Totally. That's everybody yes. else oh, was she, so much she cooler. was like adult contemporary kind of. Exactly. She was the she, soft, it was weird the that soft she was version of it. Yeah. Alternative. Like and, she was framed as alternative, like being on alternative nation. I that mean, must have been very early well, well, on. You ought to know definitely was a jolt. Yeah. For sure. Even even in that. But then you heard the rest of the album. The rest of the album is not that. No, it's not. And that's not a judgment on the album, whatever. But I'll tell you, like the fact that like they didn't contend with that at all and talked about how influential she was. I feel like, you know, Exit to oh, Guy Exit the, to Guyville by Liz Fair sold a fraction of it. I think it's way more influential. Oh, the the the, the stuff where they were at the end where exactly they were like trying to say Yeah. She's got this the, legacy into you know the from, little affair happened because of her. It happened because of the Indigo Girls. It happened because of Sarah McLaughlin who fucking ran it. Oh, I thought the Indigo Girl Indigo Girls did it. No, Sarah McLaughlin's thing. But also Alanis, like you know, she has her own vibe. No matter like what, whether you like it or not, that album is distinct and it certainly works for people, and that makes it interesting. I don't mean to disparage her. She's obviously talented. She has a way of singing and doing things that is entirely her own and her music is coherent, but it just did not seem like a fair representation of who it, she was. And I thought that well, was yeah, kind of like, sound like her, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I kind of agree with her in that way. I do accept like the opposite. <laughs> you know I mean? like, like on the other it side, it should have been worse. It should have been like, I, I feel like, uh, what she was responding to is that she doesn't come off well in this. Okay. I don't think she comes off well. But exactly. And in that case, you don't get to like say, hey, like, I don't, well, that, I don't but want that's what that. she's responding to because she's a bratty child star. Exactly. Who became and then, a millionaire and completely adored at 18 years old. So it was, wait, so it said it was this wait, Jagged can, Little Pill was the second biggest album. What was the first biggest? I had to assume The Bodyguard. Oh. I had to. Okay. I, I had to assume that. Well, I'm, all right, under well, contract. let's look it up. <laughs> you know, Nine. Mariah Carey would say that doesn't count because it's a soundtrack. Mm, too bad. You know, what was was kind of telling in the doc was when she like was talking about her first Rolling Stone cover that she did, and they had to reshoot it because she had been too meek to tell them that the clothes that they put her in just like weren't her. Oh right. And to me, that was so fucking telling of what a diva, like a a pain in the ass diva, because like she can't even speak up for herself. She like in the runs moment. and gets her people to do it. Right, but like in the moment, like you do that, yeah, it's like a confrontation. But at the same time, you're saving. It's more economical that way than yes. to like do a whole other thing. Like so I bet because I like, bet, and why waste people's time? Because I think that the this mirrors what happened with the documentary. I bet she saw the selects. Mm. And was like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what this is. And all right, this is my own theory. I think that also part of what she hates about this and why she mentioned postpartum is because she wants you to know that she had recently given birth because she is heavy in this, heavier than you've ever seen her. And it's like, you totally- You ought to know. Yeah, it's totally- I just gave birth. <laughs> It's totally like it makes sense that she would be that size. Like she just, you know, gave birth like a year before. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, it took I thought me she like normal. It took me a while, but she had always been very thin, and she talks. Yeah, but now she's, you know. But she talks in the she talks in the documentary about, you know, having issues with, like, you know, them trying to tell her that she needs to lose weight and blah blah blah, and, and earlier in her career, like the managers and things like that, and she was like fifteen. 
telling her that. Yeah. And then she would she be like restricted. Yeah. So I can, and you don't really, you never really shake that demon. It's well, with you carry, you carry that your entire life. There's always a little it's about like perception, voice in your head. Perception, you know, it's well, not, I know, but, yeah. but so when she saw herself on camera, cause I recognize that in myself, mm. if I, if I saw myself on camera looking like shit, I mean, she doesn't look like shit I, in her head. She might think that if okay. she has body image issues, if I saw myself, I would like my first thought would be like, oh, I look horrible physically. Mm -hmm. And then also you look like an asshole. It'd be one thing to be an asshole and you never look better. It's mm -hmm. like whatever. But like when you have both, like you can have one or the other, but you can't have both. I want to make wow. it very clear. I did not think that she looked bad at all. I know. It sounds like you're saying it though. No, I'm just, this is my a working theory I have based mm -hmm. on her body image issues and the fact that in her in her statement she makes a reference to the postpartum thing, even well, though it had been it had been a year, it had been a year and could still be going on. I just yeah. thought it was like super irrational. And, she, to and like, she mentioned in the middle of lockdown, we all got fat in lockdown, right? So it's, I think well, that that's I, to me yeah. it it was like a, a little bit of a dog whistle of you I, know you know I just taking it for what it is. I think that like it's just really bizarre to complain about a puff piece basically that you seem to dictate with your own terseness i don't even you know what it is dave coulier thing i like, don't think it was a puff piece i think that they wanted to go deeper and she wouldn't and so you're yeah, left but, with this like wishy-washy kind of thing where like sometimes she comes off shitty but like if she would have really went there if coming off shitty and then like re but really being honest that would have kind of redeemed her you know what i mean but she comes off shitty and then she doesn't want to be honest about shit no but the documentary itself is puffing her legacy up to be something that it isn't and actually i think it's really interesting they a just huge... had they had to put a button on it yeah but like that but okay but it's a documentary so i know it's but... a puff piece when you're doing that just to do it and so i just felt like it was part and parcel of the entire problem with this documentary which is just doesn't go deep enough. And if you're going to yeah. do the documentary, you got to do the documentary. Well, here's an example of that. At the very end, she's talking about, and it's an old interview they they show, which also like would. I thought the archival was great, by the way. The thing that bothered me is. She just done it, it herself. If she was going to get like this, yeah. then she could have done something arty with the editing. Like yeah. fucking, like, like even, even Soleil Moon Fry. Moon Fry. It wasn't yeah. even arty with the editing. It was just like here good. You go. Yeah. yeah. This is it's all this slapped stuff together. Let's watch. get some of them back in here, talk. A lot of them died. Yeah. This piece of archival seemed to be like from the end of the tour. Mm -hmm. And she's like in a bathtub. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about how she's like, I had a lot of therapy. I've been in recovery now. Yes. And I was like, okay, you've been in recovery from what? From eating what? Disorder, maybe? The eating I disorder? Because she doesn't be. say like that she like, you yeah. know, uh, they, they don't go into like what that therapy was or how that would have affected her. Like, That's the so thing. So that you can't really make those those connections. Also, like two days for this is what I'm saying about the movie, though. Two days for an interview for your main person and the, the interview is the linchpin. Yeah. You're just not going to get that much. Probably it's just it's just rare to get that much unless it's somebody who's saying I'm going to give you everything. Let's do this. Let's knock this out in two days. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, this is common. I just Or think you have to do the days far apart. You do have days to, far apart. You have yes. to watch the footage and then see like, oh, where Strategize. should I, where should I go down? Like what hole, like what, where can we, what, where's the story in this? Yes. And where should we like go down? Yes. 
That being said, not to like shit on Allison Clayman. I'm sure well, that know. working, it sounds like, oh, Alanis sounds like maybe she's a pain in the ass. It does sound like she's you a know? pain in the ass. I know people, Wait. you know, I'm sure she had the best intentions when she set out to do this. It's not. Did you love her Madonna? Her, her Madonna I, anecdote? The Madonna story is really incredible. Is, and I believe every word 100%. of it. hundred <laughs> percent. I knew it was Madonna's boutique label. So I was just, you know, how's this place going to be decorated? And, you know, it was super hip. Although I do remember her coming in at one point and turning the light on and the whole thing fell. She's like, fucking cheap place. <laughs> and I'd been held up at gunpoint just before this meeting with her. And when I walked in, you know, they kind of whispery like, hey, she just got held up at gunpoint. She's a little PTSD, you know. And she was like, I want to, I want to get held up at gunpoint. That's just such a cool story. I want to be held up at gunpoint. There was always a rumor that you ought to know is about Dave Coulier. Right. I actually, I was, I was very interested in seeing if they were going to even cover this topic. And they did in a real softball kind of way. They like tiptoe around it. And then she mentioned, she's like, you know, I dated Dave Coulier. I dated a bunch of other people though. Yeah. It could have been about anybody. And it was like. Which to me kind of seemed like it was about Dave Coulier. uh, To me also. So how old is she doing this? And then she's also alleging that like. There's said, all this assault happened when she's 15. So who, what, what are we, what's the timeline here? But also she, cause what she was in 18 or 19 when she wrote the album. Yeah. She, 20? she was 20 when it hit. Okay. Right. So, so she's writing it at 18. I mean, she's a teen star. This is her third album. So she said in the interview, current day interview that there were like eight different guys that she used to date that contacted her. Mm-hmm. thinking that the song was about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just want to point out that there's a lyric in there about blowing someone in a theater. Right. But how many fucking guys did you do that to? They were like, that's about me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, that makes no sense. Maybe, maybe, it's her maybe thing. that's her thing. That's yeah, her maybe thing. that's her thing. I'm like, well, what kind of theater? Eight different guys? I don't know. By the time she's 19? Well, I think, I, I mean, I think the implication was that the guys were stupid anyway, and that they weren't necessarily listening to everything. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that was, that was a, you know, you know, you could still, you could, you could so is accept it about Dave some Coulier? artistic license and there and not there. You know what I mean? Like people are selective and what, there. what's their age difference? I don't know. I think that he was probably an adult man. Seems like it. And she was maybe 15. So this is what I'm saying is that I don't know if she was 15. But he's Canadian. He's Canadian. Well, Okay, so maybe she was 17. I mean, She's, I would assume that she, she wouldn't that say 14, his name lightly be, like in this context. I would assume she was of legal age because she talks about men. I think that's why she won't say who it is. That she refers to as pedophiles. Yeah, later. But I think that that's why she won't exactly say who you ought to know is about. But then, I mean, I don't know. It's just to me, like, if you're going to tell the story, tell the story. She didn't tell the story. What are we doing here? Wait, this is a March 1st article the truth about alanis morissette's relationship with dave coulier i mean they had one of the most publicized relationships in the 1990s okay what what website is this the list okay.com is this a canadian thing i don't know the couple both nickelodeon stars at the time met in 1992 because he was on out of control oh okay and so but when she was on cut it out oh okay (laughs) (laughs) but i watched out of control what what (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I had to <laughs> clear my throat. <laughs> okay, so they met in 1992. How old was she then? All right, she was born in 74. Oh, so she was 19. Or 18. 18 when they met. Okay, so. 
she was of age. Yeah. That's, I mean, but she that's said in the doc, what, how she, she, said, it. she said in the doc, though, that when she turned 14, that was like game on for she said 15. Oh, 15. Oh, it was game on for everyone in terms of like men, adult men asking her out. Like they seemed to think that 15 was okay. Yeah, it was okay. And that she could tell that they were looking at her when she was like 13 and 14, but they like stopped themselves. But 15 was, you know, which is very sad. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. She was just like not supervised basically, but you know, I feel like I have a partial idea of what happened. She mentions that in the beginning toward the beginning or like when she's like going on tour, when she's very, very young, she was like videos in Paris, like like 12, 13, you Mm -hmm. know, really young. And her parents didn't go with her. Okay, Dave Coulier is 15 years older than she is. Okay. So it's a lot. In his 30s, yeah. A little Taylor Swift, Jake Gyllenhaal yeah, action. It's similar. I get maybe that just it leaves such an impact. I guess God, so. He, he, yeah, <clears throat> it, it's, it's the stuff pop songs are made of. Well, like, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think I think it was about Dave Coulier. Okay, I don't, I don't know, and um, I think that the way that she says it, all, all I know is she what, didn't deny it. She didn't say it wasn't. She didn't confirm or deny. It was so annoying. That, but I'm, well, I'm me, way more means, concerned with kind of like whatever happened. If it happened, wasn't him, I feel like she would have been. It wasn't about him. I just care about the the journalism that did not take place, and it irritated me that I watched this, and which is similar to the Janet Jackson thing on Hulu, which is like zero new information. They don't even, they don't even, did you watch the Hulu Janet Jackson documentary? No. I don't recommend, it's with the New York Times. And the thing is, I, uh, I mean, unless I Does missed it. Did she participate or no? No. Okay. You know who they got? They got fucking Tito and his kid. <laughs> <laughs> T3. Yeah. Yeah. Taj. They got Taj. <laughs> okay. They got Tito, maybe Randy. Um, Latoya's not in it, you know? <laughs> Couldn't even get Latoya. They just got the, the only Jackson. Uh, yeah. Latoya shows up to <laughs> the opening of an envelope. <laughs> At least she did. I mean, actually, I was thinking about this recently. She lives a very nice life. I follow she, her on Instagram. She's always eating caviar. She's always at some kind of hotel. Kevin Smith, for some reason, still seems to be wearing his fat guy wardrobe. Yeah. Didn't you notice like how he looked like he was... I, mean, I didn't he, really understand why he was in there, so, so I didn't gaunt. really pay attention to him. Oh, because he directed Dogma. That's right, but they don't even talk it's about such Dogma. such a tenuous... They didn't talk about Dogma at all. She like, holds the DVD and, and even, is like, this is such a great movie. They don't even show a clip. Yeah. Could they not get that cleared when they had the director I, and, a, and a star? I really... I mean, to me, I'm just curious about like what it was like to have this giant album and then flop after that and keep flopping, and they don't tell that story, and so... there's But there are some little things that like where you get a glimpse of who Alanis really is. Like the director was like, and I think Alanis probably smarted at this. Um, the director, and you can hear the director say, ask the question, which is they don't usually do that throughout the doc. And they said, why wouldn't you just get, did you ever think about getting an, a band that's all women? Because she had been talking about all this like women empowerment, like bullshit. And she said, no, I never thought of that. She basically boiled it down to like women are in competition with me, and it's like and it's. I just that I, I found know, that very like unattractive. Oh, it's terrible! So unattractive, it's ridiculous. It immediately made me be like, "Oh, you're one of those." Well, no, she said that she felt that there's she she got the feeling that there was only room for one, and it's like, well, what would give you that impression? Because there was fucking Tori Amos and 
you know, Liz Fair and Veruca Salt and Elastica and well, Juliana Hatfield. You and have like to hold the door Lilith open. Lilith Fair. All of Lilith Fair. So like what? Like that she the, inspired. The, there were garbage Shirley Manson who's in this documentary. But like how even, but it's head, bizarre York. because how would that band have been? DJ Harvey. Ani how, DeFranco. How would that band have even oh, eclipsed her though? Like, why would she care about like being on tour with an all-girl band? I, she just wanted to hang out with a whole group of dudes. Yeah, and then she had basically, you know, bore the brunt of what that actually meant and learned a lesson. And if it they were, were told, all, yeah, that they were like disgusting. And if yeah, they, they were, were fucking, they were predatory, really, with her fans. And, and, and they made up uh, stories about having backstage passes, and they would just like print their own backstage passes <laughs> and then like bring them to a bring room out, and then yeah. end up fucking them. And they never allege anything underage, but it's also like okay, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, come on, uh, who, different time, and people didn't like. I mean, because you know, even like BB New, even BB New. No, BB Buell. Lest we for, <laughs> lest we forget BB North. <laughs> Baby Buell. Baby Buell, what's that? Yeah, and and what's that? She's a famous groupie. Okay, and she's she's Liv Taylor, Liv Tyler's mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hope our Canadian fans aren't disappointing disappointed in us for disparaging Alanis. Hometown but hero. Yes, I mean I'm. You can only imagine, but you know, ugh, not my fault. Well, speaking of that, did you see the Shaka Khan Stephanie Mills versus? Are you aware of no. what happened? No, when did that happen? It happened November 18th. Well, Chaka was drunk, clearly, or something. Well, did you see her on Watch What Happens? We, we watched her on Watch What Happens. We watched live, her on right? Watch, oh, it's, we watched her on Watch What Happens, and then we watched her cameos. Now, get a load of her. Oh, my God. What is she wearing on her stomach? What's she wearing on her stomach? Oh, she's so fucked up. Wow. Thank you. She's like, can't, she's not steady on her feet. She's not steady on her feet. She kept dancing all weird. Stephanie has a lot more together, I'll tell you. But what is she wearing on her stomach? Like some kind of belt some kind of belt it's huge it's like bigger than my laptop it's really big and she looks great it looks like it's like it's like a Hold covering or yeah. something but otherwise i mean she's thin thin shaka did not sing through the fire why the hell not i don't know that would have really been weird. like an, an obvious like you have to do that she seemed regularly surprised at what was happening <laughs> <laughs> you know she didn't seem to stephanie seemed surprised sometimes too like when they played Never Knew Love Like This before. She was like, we're doing this now. <laughs> Do it all. That's a funky groove right now. Hey. You waited all night long. You won't dance with me, mama. So you can see that Stephanie Mills sounds good, you know? She's, I mean, she's not what she used she's, to be. Her voice changed, but she's lucid together. She's Yeah, she's at least able to do the dance moves and such. Everything, it looks like everything she's doing is deliberate. 
Stephanie Mills, whereas Shaka feels out of control. I have this note as she looks like she she's dancing like a marionette. Let's see. <laughs> Come on, Shaka. She went there to party. Twenty nine. She didn't go there to perform. <laughs> All right. What else? What do you, What else you got? What do you think is the most annoying song? Oh, let me think about it. I know. Okay. I know. I'm a Barbie girl. Oh, really? In a Barbie world. I hate that song. I like Barbie Girl. Oh, I hate it so much. I mean, I, it's completely rational to hate it. It's <laughs> obviously evil, but um, but I think this is the most annoying song. I heard this in the Barry's locker room after the working out last week. I'm feeling like a star. You can't stop my shine. I'm Bobby Cloud Nine. My head's in the sky. I'm solo. I'm riding solo. I'm riding solo. I'm riding solo. Solo. Who sings that? He's in Derulo. Ugh. Okay. Can you, but I can't, the, the I, aesthetic a, is so annoying. His that, song that he does with, um, with BTS, I fucking hate. Or no, what? it's his, maybe he does like a version of it or he samples there. It's yes. like, bam, bam, bam. Well, he's bam. been a pretty consistent hit maker for a while. I, I've not liked any of his songs, but I actually actively hate one. At least one. Well, I mean, I've never Ryan heard of this Solo one was, before. Oh, you never heard it before? Mm-mm. Yeah, it was a big hit. Um, I did, you know, I didn't like What'd You Say at first, but now I guess I How could. How does it go? Mm, I just say uh, it's his first single. Oh, I hate that song. <laughs> he sings that. He does. Yes. It's but he it's like a robot voice. Yeah, it's like a it's like a core it's like a yeah. chorus of robots really. It's like a robo harmony. Oh, okay. So credit where it's due. My I, I referenced a friend who said that Taylor was the best basic. Um, the actual phrase that he prefers is basic savant. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he was like, I was like, I texted him. It's my friend Louis Mandelbaum, who okay. goes by DJ Louis and has a podcast called Pop Pantheon, which I've been on a few times. And he does like a different, he has like a very... Um, very intricate kind of ranking of like where pop stars, what like level pop stars are in this, you know, echelon of his. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, there's like, you know, like absolute legend. It's just like, you, like part the the conceit, like what you do at the end is like fill where their space is basically on the continuum. But it's like a different pop star every episode that you cool. go through quite a bit of. So I did Madonna. We talked a lot about current Madonna. And then I uh, did Tony Braxton, Ooh. which was fun. Yeah. Because a lot of it was about Babyface and just 90s R&B. It was fun to go back and read about stuff, whatever. Anyway, he it's DJ Louis, Louis Mandelbaum. You talk about the circus. There's one thing I wanted to say. Tell me about the circus. Went to Big Apple Circus. I love Big Apple Circus. It's the best circus because it's an intimate circus. Have you ever been? <laughs> no. It what is does that even very mean? intimate. <laughs> Okay, it's an intimate circus. What does that mean? That everything is closed. Oh. Like there's no bad seat in the house. Mm. So if they don't oversell it. They don't do this like huge thing like Ringling Brothers. And it, there's no animals. Ring- well, there, this one lady has six dachshunds. Okay. And they just like sure. jump over things. That's, and like that it's seems, very cute. Yeah. I, that was my favorite thing of yeah. all the stuff that they had. Yeah. Because um, they're good? 
they were good but also there was one that was bad <laughs> and but not bad on purpose like he just wasn't fucking doing it yeah. and he like would just like when she had her back turned he would like jump off his thing and like go and wow. sniff around for stuff and then when she turned back around he would like be <laughs> back on his saying. it was so good unless she's a genius yeah and planned it like that but sounds like it maybe that's the smartest one of them all well maybe i don't know he kept he was rogue so he sounds he sounds like an independent thinker who knows where he, i mean it sounds like he was violating the rules that he well understood they well they were two little they, well they were two little puppies they were the youngest ones it uh-huh. was it was him and then this like brown one that didn't fit because the rest of them were all black like they looked identical which was what mm-hmm. was cute about it but i don't know i feel like she probably takes real good care of all those dogs and that that she's like you know it's yeah. a thing. One thing that was very weird is so they during the circus, like before an act comes out, they kind of play. They play like an interview with them and you kind of learn a little bit about mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, the act and like mm-hmm. who they are and blah, blah, blah. And almost every single I, I think every single one except for the juggler came from a long line of circus people. Like it's like a family industry thing. Mm-hmm. Like everyone and the guy who owns Big Apple Circus is from a uh, tightrope walking family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a, uh, it's its own thing. I, th- there was one clown, but he's, it's, he's not a traditional clown. What? He's like, what? he does, he's, he's a different kind of clown. No, he's, he's not traditional. He, what does that mean? <laughs> he doesn't have like a nose. He doesn't have like a red nose. Is he he doesn't, huh? Is he painted? He paints himself, but he paints himself orange. So you can barely even tell. And then he puts like darker, he has weird hair. Maybe I have a picture of him. I don't Is know. Like a mime? Is he more like a mime? No, he talks. He has like an annoying ass voice. It's like really like uh, fucking high pitched, almost like Mickey Mouse. Also, they had a guy like, I don't know. You know what? You can't trust them. They're circus people when they. OK, now I'm seeing that I fell for some stuff. The the <sighs> guy who's like the Houdini type, like he goes underwater and he has to like get himself out of the handcuffs and blah, 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 blah. And then he also like hangs himself upside down. He has to get it out of a straight jacket and there's like a saw. So those things were really happening, but they were like, they were like almost close calls. It seemed like they, like the guys were going to have to break open the glass because like, it seemed like it was like coming to like, like a real close call. Seems fun. I don't, I don't like do circuses or parades really, but it seems like a fun way to do it if you're going to do it. Yeah. I'm telling you it was intimate and had the best popcorn. He says at Lincoln Center. Yeah, it's Lincoln Center. Lincoln was Center pop- does everything the best. Right. Yeah. I mean, is the popcorn... So you think the popcorn is, like, on purpose the best? Yes, because it's, like, so... Everything there was, like, top quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. a top quality experience. Yeah. Cool. I mean, like, I should have taken video of, like, the little entrance area, the way mm-hmm. that they built it. I mean, this mm-hmm. is all done outside, so it's, like, a big top. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like it's outside at all. You feel like you're inside the entire time, even when you're at concessions and stuff. The, the best way to do a circus. No animals are hurt, you know? But... Also, I'm telling the juggler and the girl who does the hula hoops, they both fucked up. And also there was a, oh, then there was a fuck up in the very first people, the, the acrobats who spun each other on their feet. Um, so then it made me feel like that guy was really in danger when he was doing the magic trick. And mm-hmm. he was, and I was like, oh my God, is he going to fuck up too? But I don't know. Maybe that's all part of it. All right. So now we have to do our goodbyes. Goodbyes. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye and God bless. What else more is there to say?